You all right? Yeah, mate. How are you? Good. Mm. Can make a bad noise ready? Okay. Bad noise finished. Bad noise, you make a bad noise good. Take a bad noise and make it better. Yes. Uh, Remember to let it into your Skype. I was thinking uh, Rasta Mouse, make a bad thing good. Ah, mm, yeah, cool. How's my levels? Uh, yeah. Me, 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 me. Oh, it's been a while, isn't it? Podcast. What, uh, what is what is a podcast, mate? I I sat down to uh, try an idea yesterday, uh, doing a single mic thing, and I was trying to figure out why my mic sounded so terrible. And then I realised I was talking into the wrong end, the wrong end of the microphone. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how that's how long I've not been doing it. I I, be- I guess I better take some blame for that. Um, <laughs> what a summer oh, it's oh. been, John. What a summer it's been. I feel like it's um. We're, we're on, um, like season three, episode one of a sitcom, and we're talking about what we did over the summer when, when the show wasn't on. What did we learn? You know, I, I, I discovered, uh, human frailty. Um, I, I discovered how to be a more, um, humble person and then lost it all again. That kind of thing. Wow. That's been discovered the meaning of Christmas. I still think, uh, I've said this before. uh, I think if, if, if I was the sort of person who was was better at this, mm. <laughs> this 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 biz we call pod, mm. um, I would I would be spending my my uh, my autumn mm-hmm. recording ten or twelve episodes of a thing, and I would I would launch them during Christmas, mm. and I'd spend my spring doing another thing. I'd launch them during the summer because everyone everyone else is abandons their audiences like. Like they're cheap trinkets. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, but we've been, man, we've been busy. Well, you, I mean, you especially, you, you, not to compromise OPSEC, blah, 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 but you uh, moved house. I, I did. I, I don't think that massively compromises my OPSEC. <laughs> no, to say that you moved from one undis- undisclosed location to another undisclosed location, I don't think it reveals a lot, but yeah, it's a unless, yeah, unless they're trying to kind of get something, unless they're trying to get me in transit. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, it's already happened now. But my so. motorcade has already arrived. So. <laughs> Eagle, uh, Eagle has, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to like Eagle is on board. The pack, the package is, is en route is en route. En route. En route. Yeah. That's, that's what Americans say. They do. So there I you mean, go. The, the that is, uh, um, oh, yeah. So I, I've, I was bodily unavailable for recording for a bit because of being on holiday. Mm-hmm. And then I was sort of uh, mentally unavailable place to another, as we've just discussed. I mean, you were emotionally unavailable. Didn't take very long. No, but then internet happens or didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah. Most to the point. So I'm, I'm getting, I'm back on the internet hype. I mean that I don't, I don't understand something about when you move your, when you get your new internet, Mm -hmm. which you might understand. Okay. Um, what is this? What is this thing about the honeymoon period? With you, with your broadband when you move house. Go on. So, well, so they, I don't know if that's the technical term, but it, it is certainly a term that was used to me by the, 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 um, person at my ISP that I spoke to. Mm-hmm. Um, his definition of the honeymoon period is that, that first week after they switch the broadband on, when it all beds in and settles down. Um, and I'm familiar with that concept. So they always say, Oh, your um, your speed might be a bit unreliable mm-hmm. for the first week or so. Just what? Just while it beds in. Mm-hmm. Just while it beds in, Mark. <laughs> it's um, gonna it's gonna adjust itself. It's gonna swing its arms around, get a feel for the space. Has to settle. Yeah. Um, 
you know, all the mums and dads of, uh, of broadband connections, uh, <laughs> there at the school going, how's he selling in? How's he selling in? Is he selling in all right? Is he getting There's a lot of homework this year, isn't there? There's a lot of homework. Is he getting on all right with all the other lines? Yes. <laughs> my board broadband provider today wanted to get access to my communal, uh, electricity box. And I had to explain to him that that was never going to happen. Wow. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't sound like a thing that they would need to do, Mark. Uh, apparently, uh, so this is a whole new thing I've learned. Um, there's, uh, a power, um, a power level basically that their, their systems require. And so I've got in one circuit a TiVo box and my business broadband router. Um, and apparently the TiVo box uses a lot of power and you get into this, there's, there's a, a level of tolerance that, uh, the company as a whole is happy with. Um, and, oh, I, I mean, oh, I, I should probably be careful here because technically the job, the ticket shouldn't have been closed. Uh, but basically what, what it is, 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 um, my router is technically underpowered now. And so they wanted to turn up the power. And in order to do that, they had to get access to the uh, electricity box, which is um, in the bottom of my building. So basically, he traced the cable and saw where the box w- was and was like, have you got a key for that box? <laughs> no. Can you get one? No. I mean, I could ring up my building manager, but they're, they're not going to do anything for three weeks. So no. Uh, Sorry. I just need to go. I yeah, to I know. I need to work my way back, back through this. So... Are you saying that your router is so powerful that it can't exist on a standard circuit name? No, it's the TiVo box is uh, so hungry for power that it's eating up all the other power. So what does it need to be on, like, the same type of cable as a, as a cooker? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I don't know. Um, I don't know enough about this. I just, so when you, so when you are a house, right? When you are a house, yeah. When you, when you, when you, when you wire. A wire. <laughs> When you wire a house. It's been a while, I'll start announcing When you when you wire a house <laughs> You wire a house. Yes. Yeah. Your mum's a house. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. When you wire a house. When it's you wire a house. a house. Not your mum specifically. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> God. So the mains comes into the house, okay? And then it goes into the meter. So that they know how much electric re you've used. <laughs> yes. And it comes out of the meter and it goes into what you might call a fuse board or you might call a consumer unit depending on who you are and which word you use. Which, which word do you use for the thing I've just described? I've never heard it called a... I gave you two names. I've never called it... I've never heard it called a consumer unit or whatever you called it. Okay. Um, so it's, fuse, it's, fuse board or fuse box. Yeah, fuse board, fuse box. Yep. Um, it, it's it, Technically now it's called a consumer unit. Sure. It's one of those of things like, you know, it was it was a brontosaurus, then it was an apatosaurus, and now it's a brontosaurus again. It's, it's it was part. shell shock, now it's post-traumatic stress disorder. We, uh, we yeah, have to use yeah, more they, words. They, they, they do like yeah. to change the words. Yeah. I think it's because the modern one works in a slightly different way. Sure. Possibly. Okay. Um, it's important. Have you got the flicky switch or have you got the, you've got the flicky switch because you're in a new building? I have two fuse boxes and they are, um, full of little, little flicky switches. Flicky, flicky switches, switches for the heater, uh, which is, um, they're radiators, but they're not oil. Well, they're oil, but they're, um, they're not gas, they're electric. And then there's oil filled, yeah, oil filled electrically heated radiators, not storage heaters because storage heaters can get bent. Um, and so, yeah, lots of little little flicky switches. Right. So that's your consumer unit, right? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Each of those flicky switches is a circuit in the house. Yes. Which is obviously then connected to to the mains. And those circuits will carry certain amounts of load. Yes. And most things run on the same type of cable, except for showers and cookers. 
So your TiVo, it sounds like, needs to be on a cooker feed. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it, doesn't it? Um, I, and yeah. that's insane, Mark. Oh, well, uh, sure, yeah. Um, that's not that's not correct. That's that's a consumer device that's going to sit underneath your TV. <laughs> I don't think that's. I don't quite think that's acceptable. <laughs> well, I think it's uh, it's slightly confused by the fact that usually you would not find a business having sure. uh, a business router and a TiVo. Um, it's because I've got business broadband, yes, but in a residential area. And so because I'm a human, I sometimes watch the TiVo. Although I was genuinely thinking like, just unplug the TiVo. I, I don't know when I've last watched it. Wow. What's that for anyway, Mark? Yeah, I know. Um, I, I recorded some things to videotape. Yeah. I, I occasionally, uh, I went through a phase where I was watching a lot of pointless, but I can watch that on, um, iPlayer. Yeah. There were the, there was the odd show. I honestly, I think, <laughs> Dave Gorman's Modern Life is Goodish was one of the main reasons that it was nice to have uh, an actual thing where I could easily just record the program and skip through the ads and not have to go it's, through UK TV's because, awful interface. Yeah, I was going to say this is this is essentially an attack on the UI of UK TV player. Yeah, I mean. Uh... You shouldn't need to buy another device. They should just use that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's simpler just to get a better UI. And and for for most of these companies to calm down and to stop getting so shrill and so panicky about oh God, we've got to display the ads. Oh no, we must display the ads. It's like if you worry about displaying the program and actually making mm. the program play, then you can worry about displaying the ads. Like they're so intent on making sure the ads play that they will show the same ad several times. If you try and move the progress bar just because you missed a bit and you want to go back, it's like, Oh God, oh, we need to show the ads again. Oh. It's like, well, no, no, calm down. Yeah. I'll, we'll get to the ads. The ads are fine. Channel 4 is the same. Channel 4 is the same. ITV is the same. same. Yeah. They're all the, the same. What they should all do is they should, um, I should, there is, there is a, that halfway house, which, um, the accidental tech podcast is particularly good at of knowing where people are going to skip to. Yeah. And just dropping the information from the ad that you need just before the bit where they skip to. Yes. And letting it play out. So I haven't explained that very well. No, I if know. Skip, yeah. If you skip to a chapter marker on that podcast. Yeah. Because you're like, well, I don't want to listen to the the um, the Backblaze advert today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to skip that, go to the next chapter. They yeah. respect you enough to give you the chapters and let you go to them. But they will just creep the start of the chapter five seconds earlier so that you hear, go to Backblaze, offer code is ATP, $9.99. And now because I use Castro, mm-hmm. um, I when I hear the first ad, it reminds me to go into Castro, open up the chapter thing, and untick all of the chapter markers. Uh, sorry, untick all of the, the sponsor chapters. And then what happens is when there's another two ad reads, I just get the end of the ad read. Yeah. I don't have to skip anymore. I just go untick that one, untick that one, untick that one. And then when the next ad comes along, it, it'll be like, They'll just have a discussion, then, and then suddenly I'll just hear Marco say, and that's $20 off when you use the code ATP at checkout, yeah. thanks to Black Base, Black, Black Base for, for supporting ATP. Black Base, they, they're the specialists for gothic casinos. I was going to say gothic snooker tables, yeah. Gothic snooker tables, yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Can we start that? Yeah. Black- <laughs> we can probably dropship that from China. <laughs> yeah, props. We we need to hold an inventory. No, no, no. Alibaba can uh, or AliExpress can uh, can take care of that. You see, but basically, as as a Westerner, my job is marketing, not actually making stuff. No, no, so none of us do anything anymore. I just need to uh, I, I just need to wrap that in some aspirational life messages. 
the snooker playing goths. So, so yeah, so my, my TiVo is, is too powerful. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it's, it's all, it's all very, it's all very strange. The whole, the whole broadband thing. Cause like the thing that you rewired your house for a TiVo. Well, this, okay. The thing that's broken my brain, John, is that yeah. honestly all that's changed. So to, to catch, to catch the listener up, um, before we went on holiday, um, I, most of my business expenses were being paid through my consultancy company. Uh, I've now closed the consultancy company. And so what I needed to do was basically all that I needed to do was say, instead of this account paying for the broadband, can it be this account that pays for the broadband? Sure. Yeah. Uh, all we need to do is install you a new router. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I just need you to change a, a column in a spreadsheet. Like oh. that is actually all it is. It isn't. It doesn't need to be a new contract. Just change a column in a spreadsheet. No, no. We've got to give you a new. Re- and so all it was going to be was a guy was going to turn up today and change a username and password in a router, a router that already works pretty flawlessly because um, I plug it into a grown-up router, so I don't have to use. You know, I, I use like a, an actual grown-up proper professional router as opposed to the virgin toy one um and so the the virgin thing's just a um a modem um and now what they've given me is something worse that uh apparently has a power problem and now can't be used as a modem it has to be used as a router i i, I just was... needed to change the account that i was paying from john just yeah. change the bank account details just change two columns sort code and account number hmm and maybe company name. Everything else is the same. The address is the same. Everything. That's all I need is change. But now I've got a new, worse router. So that's cool. Uh, and apparently you need to rewire my house. I think I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say get rid of TiVo. Mm, yeah, you, you probably they're probably charging you monthly for TiVo. Anyway. Oh yeah, no, there they are. Yeah. Um, I, I want you to talk to me about. I want you to talk to me about about routers, and I want you to don't know if i need i don't know if i need another router or if i'm just a, a an idiot okay so can you help me with that yeah sure let's do it i mean they, they may not be mutually exclusive um now come on <laughs> distinction so uh the isp they they have got us connected apparently we're in our honeymoon period apparently things are bedding down like the foundations of a house so um, i'm gonna say is it it's not virgin no uh, so it's not proper broadband okay uh, quick, quick, quick sidebar on on the concept of bedding down. Mm. Are you aware of the fallacy in films related to headstones on graves? No. Right. It is convention in cinema that when there is a funeral, the gravestone is on the grave. Yeah. And when you know everyone's standing there and the close up the hands and throws some ground down. Yeah. Close up, panning close up on the cross faces, crying. Yeah. One person isn't because they're strong. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, umbrellas, rain, walking back to the cars, violins. One person, one person stays, and no one's talking about who's going to do the baps, you know, and who's going to put the spread on. But yeah, oh, we, we got that from MS. It's yeah. fine. Uh, just a you know, buffet deal. Um, there's always some left over though. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, no one's really that hungry, but you need to offer something. Yeah, you, you, no one wants a sad buffet. Well, I mean, it's going to be a sad buffet. Yeah. Unless, do you, do you have happy buffets in your family? Oh, for, so many happy buffets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for, for, for these occasions. 
Um, do, you, do you become all Irish when you wake? We've done that once when, um, I don't like to get super personal when it's talking about other people that aren't me, but, um, I had an uncle that died a couple of years ago and we had, it was like the worst morning and afternoon followed by possibly one of the best nights because it was a, uh, a real celebration of his life and it was kind of, it was as close to joyous as it could have been after what was a, a really dark morning and, and, um, very upsetting and, and, you know, that's the closest, uh, of family members, closest, you know, funeral, um, that I, I've attended. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, it, so that was, that was kind of awful. And then, then the night itself was, um, ribbled. Um, and I can't remember if there was, I think there was some kind, there must have been some kind of food situation. And so that's the closest we've got. Yeah. That's nice. Mm. I, I, I really wish I could be part of that mm. kind of culture. Um, I don't know if it been to a very somber funeral. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and I think the one I went to recently when I was on holiday, we, we had to drive back up, uh, to attend. That was a good deal more somber. Um, mm. But, you know, that, that wasn't family, so it's a different, different, different kind of thing. I bet the buffet goes better as well at, um, at a joyous funeral. Got to up that bit. Yeah, I would imagine so, especially with our family. Man alive. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's how I'd like, how I'd like my thing to be, but I don't think anyone in my family would know what to do. No, I. It'd be all very well me saying, I want a joyous celebration of my life. This should be a joyous occasion. Let's not bicker and argue about who killed who. Yeah, uh, but then they go, but we don't know what to do. We yeah. want to stand in the rain and, and umbrella, you go back to the car and then one person's stood at the grave and there's ground. That's what we want to do. Um, I've only done that once. I've only been at a grave, I think at a graveside and watched the coffin being lowered in once. Right. I think I've been to two funerals this year and they were both, um, both cremations. I was going to say most, most funerals that I've been to have been turn and burns. Yeah. So, um, don't think I don't think I should ever use that phrase again. No, don't just describe. Probably not again. But cremation. Yeah. Um, There's a word for it already. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, language is a joyous living thing. <laughs> it unlike is. it is the dearly departed. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe maybe an interment in the ground is. I haven't been to one of those for a very long time either. Maybe maybe they're just just as dark. But I just kind of the idea that that coffin's going to go and what's going to happen to it next is quite daunting yes um and there's a there's i think i this might be wrong um but i feel like there's a, more of a sense of impotence and helplessness when mm. you see a coffin being taken away rather than mm. lowered into the ground and then dirt being put there's a there's an inevitability and a me, there's a mechanical nature to the the fact that the coffin sort of retracts and or yeah. a curtain comes down which is yeah. you can't sort of stand in the way of that you've ju- you've got to watch that thing happen as the body's taken away from you um yeah. rather than in the ground where it's sort of laid to rest and then we put things over it to cover it that that's this that's probably a little bit more comforting than than watching something yeah be be sort of almost dragged away yeah and there's this there's a there's a slight kind of lie in a cremation isn't there that you kind of the idea is that oh now the curtain's gone and you know we've the body's gone and but it's like no they 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 save everyone up and they do it all it doesn't it doesn't get cremated at that point it sits around for a bit yeah, that that had never that hadn't occurred to me, but yeah, of course that yeah. There's a there's I, I I think a lot of my response to cremation is is based on the um, Bill Murray movie Scrooge, <laughs> where 
he does actually get himself get get cremated and in that the body literally like wheels out straight into the straight into the flame yes um and so in my head that's what happens but i know that that's not what happens um so the the fallacy about the, the headstone mm. so we did i've done all the scene already the mm-hmm. close-up hand ground buffet yeah tracking shot across people one person very strong Stoic. umbrellas up because it starts raining as they all walk back to the car violin one person's left at the graveside Maybe they're holding a Spider-Man mask and do a speech about um, great power and great responsibility. Probably not in this case, but it does happen in the Spider-Man film. Um, the oh, there she is! Wow, can you hear the cat? Yeah, she sounds different. She's miles away, mate. That's ah. fine. She's a uh, yeah. Um, oh, I haven't even got a door I can shut. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you go and attend to the cat. No, 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 she's fine. She's fine. She's just crying in case I'm here. (laughs) And then I might come to her. But if I don't come to her, then she thinks I'm not here. (laughs) Of course, you wouldn't know any different either. Yeah. No, no. Um, It's not fun to make fun of. So one person is left then standing at the graveside while everyone else has walked off. They're the the person who's going to have a poignant moment. Yes. And they're looking at the grave and it's filled with earth and there's there's grass and then there's a rectangle of of fresh soil that's been put, put over and there's a headstone and that doesn't happen no i guess not because that that comes that comes after because it takes uh, i'd imagine it takes a long time to make a headstone if you're even going to make a headstone yeah no i mean that that might that might be a reason i don't know much about the um the supply chain for for, for such things uh I, I i think they've got a pile of granite out back and they just come in and no the, the issue the issue is is that the grave i mean the grave doesn't get fully filled while you're there either so mm-hmm. that's a fallacy but once the grave is full it has to settle. Ah. Much like your broadband. <laughs> and they'll have to tip it over. <laughs> carry on. You're okay, if I break it. Yeah, you. carry on. So you have to, you have to top, you have to top it up over a period of weeks. Oh, wow. And wait for it to settle. My word. And then you have to cut a bit of it open and sink a stone into it. Because if if you've got some loosely loose earth and you just like chuck a hundred weight of stone inside, it's just going to go blop. Um, and that's not going to be any use to anyone, mate. So don't don't believe films, Mark. No, no, they they lie. They do. They do. So there. So there you go. You're 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 going to notice that now every time you watch a film. Mm. No, if, I mean not all of them have grave sites. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need to be too disappointed. <laughs> I watched The Matrix and there was there was no uh, funeral discussion. Mm. Well, that's one of the ways you that's one of the ways you know that you're in the Matrix, Mark. Oh, of course. You go to a funeral and there is a gravestone already in the grave. Well, if you see the same gravestone twice, then you know that you've got deja vu. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Are you going to take the cremation or are you going to take the burial? Um, so, speaking of films, I went and watched um, The Nun on Sunday. Uh, this is not anywhere this is meaningless go on yeah that's fine which is um part of the conjuring universe um to which i i later realized that there's a conjuring universe uh, uh, mark you're saying lots of words right now you're gonna have to take a long run up at this one for me so you know films right <laughs> yes um you know horror films right right uh there's a, a film that came out in 20 <laughs> called okay. The Conjuring. Okay. Um, it's part of a new kind of set of horror films that is not exactly tongue in cheek. It's not made to be the, the, the Conjuring anyway. They're not made to be, they're not like Sharknado. Um, they're not made to be bad. They're not made to be ridiculed, really cool, but they are made to be enjoyed. And I think made to be enjoyed in a cinema. 
because when I went to watch The Conjuring, because I love, I love horror, and when I went to watch The Conjuring, I got it, like, in a way that I hadn't got it with a few other films that I think are fairly similar, like Sinister, I think, was one, and Insidious, I think, was another that kind of had this same kind of vibe. Very jump-scary. Um, not, you know, fairly formulaic. Uh, not, uh, uh, but they're not films that take themselves all that seriously, like something like The Ring or The Grudge or, um, one of the newer ones, like the Paranormal Activity ones, like they all take themselves quite seriously. But you go and watch The Conjuring in a cinema and it's really fun because when people get scared, they laugh at themselves. And that laughter ripples all the way through the the room and it feels nice in a way that like everybody's enjoying the same thing. There's something really communal in that watching. And it's sort of a little bit how people watch films in films, in a sense. Um, I almost want that sort of stereotypical uh, film watcher to be like, no, don't go in there. What are you doing for? You don't go into that room. You know, that, that guy. Um, but instead, you, you don't quite get that. Um, but you do get like people going <gasps> and, you know, and, and jumping and then laughing. And it's really, really communal and really fun. And I, I came out of the conjuring having really enjoyed it. And, um, yes, yeah, yes. Hand question. up, hand yeah. up, hand up. How did you know my hand was up? I, had I, had I already said hand up? I heard you breathe in. <laughs> okay. Um, I've seen it. Oh, okay. I've seen the conjuring. It's got cool. that doll. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've so, seen the conjuring mark. So this, I know what you're talking about. So, so this is this. Wait, yes, yes, yes. This gets even more interesting. Okay. So there's the conjuring, and there's the conjuring two, which is uh, the Enfield haunting, which is weird because it was only made about 18 months after Sky made the film of the Enfield haunting. Um, and oh, I've seen that one. No, I've not seen that one. Yeah. But, um, oh, that's that poltergeist, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The the one that I mean, I, I think probably what happened in Enfield is a picture fell off the wall. Um, sure. But in in the, in this universe, it, it, it was all crazy, and that was really fun and quite an enjoyable film. Um, oh, the nun. The nun is the film. Oh, okay. So we continue. Oh, I've got I've got my Wikipedia. Up yeah, yeah. No, this it. is I, it. So I understand what's happening in yeah. the story. So you saw a film that's related to a film that I saw about five years ago that I forgot about. Yeah. It's got a scary doll. So the scary doll features in another universe, which is related to the Conjuring universe, and that is Annabelle. Right. Um, and I've not seen, I've seen a little bit of Annabelle creation because I accidentally watched the sequel or prequel first. And I'm, so I need to go back and watch Annabelle, but that's all part of the same universe as well. And there's a couple of short films which are part of the same universe, which I haven't seen. And The Nun is the latest, uh, that's the part of this universe. And it's got a rotten tomo- a tomato score of 27%, John. Wow. <clears throat> I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it was really fun. Um, it was, it was dumb fun and it was great. And I had a pretty, pretty good time. And the same kind of thing happened. It, it sort of only happened once with big old jump scare and everybody laughed and it was lovely. Um, you should put that on the posters. I had a good old time. I had a good old time. Uh, Stedman. there's, so there's a, there's a bit, I mean, I'm going to blow the spoiler horn for a non spoiler here. There's a bit right at the end, which is so None more spoiler. No, <laughs> I know. Hey, nice. This is so mock outrageous that it's, it, I just thought it was hilarious and I just started laughing. Um, okay. There is a moment towards the end of the film where the female, her- the female heroine, the heroine ingests 
drinks the blood of Christ. Sure. And then spits it out at a demon to make the demon go away. Sure. Which is so brilliantly and like, as, as a man who grew up Catholic, but as, you know, denounced that, there's that part of me that's like, that's so naughty. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's hilarious at how outrageously, uh, you know, whatever that is that there's this, there's this vessel, this beautiful glass, uh, I don't know what you call those things, but it's a big round, uh, almost completely spheroid. Um, receptacle right. and it's got a little bit of the, the blood of Christ in it and like an ampule an ampule yeah except big I think of ampules oh. as being quite small but it's quite big um like the side of, side of a toddler's head a flask then a flask yeah but completely anyway yeah it's fine flask um and so this lady drinks the the flask full of the blood of Jesus Christ right like Jesus Christ that that one and then throws it all up in the face of a demon. <laughs> and I was, I thought that was hilarious because they know, I mean, they made a film called The Nun. It's got nuns in. They know they're going to get the, the nut jobs anyway. And so that's great marketing. But this one just made, must have made some heads explode with apoplexy. Um, and I just thought that was hilarious. And so, uh, it's ridiculous. And yeah, I had a great time. And then I, I discovered that, yeah, it's, it's all part of, uh, or part of a uh, part of a shared shared universe because everything is yeah, universes now. Yeah, share all the universes. It's the uh, it's the CCU, so the Conjuring Cinem- uh, Cinematic Universe. So. There's nothing I enjoy more than a uh, uh, than a shared universe that doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> love love that. Love it when someone starts a shared universe and then kind of has to go. No, no, it was just, we that wasn't. We weren't doing that. <laughs> like the Kevin Smith films. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. You know, there's, there's, they're, they're all part of a. But I mean, in fact, we we talked about this, haven't we? Mm. We well, I can't remember why, but we we have talked about specifically the the, the Smith um, viewers universe. Yeah. I think he's left that behind now because he, he there was talk of him um, uh, coming back and doing another. Clerks or clerks, and uh, where do you stand on that? I think I say clerks. Yeah, I know it yes, feels. I do. It I do. Feels... You forced me to think about it. I know. Is, what you need to do is you need to sneak up on me. Yes, and make me say it. What's that, Kevin Smith film? Yeah, um, because Clark is the correct way to say it if you're English, but it feels obnoxious to say <laughs> to say it. Yeah. Um, when you're talking about the film, even though yeah, it, it is weird, but yes, um. So Clerks Clarks, uh, he was going to come back to. Now, um, I just saw Kevin Smith in uh, a very, very brief appearance in The Disaster Artist. Have you seen The Disaster Artist? I've not. I think I should watch it. I think I'd enjoy it, but I've not seen The Room. Very. But I think it, I think I can watch it without seeing The Room. I watched, I think I made it through about 15, 20 minutes of The Room. Right. Um, I think it helps to know the meme and to have maybe, you could probably find a super cut of the best worst scenes in The Room. Um, mm. on YouTube. Find like a compilation because that's all you need. Um, I do love a film that requires me to do homework before I can watch it, Mark. Mm, of course. Um, and so, and, and that was all I needed. Um, and it is, uh, right. I tell you what, mate, there is some love and care and attention that mm. got put into that film. Uh, James Franco really did take that job on seriously. Um, it is, it, so, so this is a very mild spoiler, but right at the end, they do, you know how in, um, 
Argo, they did that thing. And I think a couple of other films have done it as well, where they, they show you the actor and then, uh, they show you, uh, the, the face of the person they're portraying. And then like, you're, you're sort of meant to go, Oh, well, they, they cast that well. Yeah. Or they did the makeup well. Yeah. They do the same thing with scenes from the room. Right. So, because they, they recreated scenes from the room in order to make the film, obviously. Right. And then they show a bunch of those scenes side by side with the dialogue from both. Right. And it's amazing. Shot for shot, scene for scene. Uh, the, the care and attention that they took into the costumes, the set dressing, the accents, the performances, the ADR that's done on top. It's wonderful. And, and, and that was a lovely capo at the end. Nice. A capo it would be the wrong word. Coda at the end. Um, to what is, I think, a very good film and, um, less light, lighthearted than I would imagine. It's darker, a little bit darker than I thought it would be. Mm. Um, because he was more of a, twat than i realized right um like a, not a nice person i thought he was just an idiot right uh, and he is an idiot but he's also not a very nice idiot right. um and that comes through in the film and I, it was really good and i really enjoyed it so um yeah it's uh if if we are still assigning homework i don't know if we are at this point but if we are then um then then give that a go sure why not um, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you've got nothing on right the only uh the only thing i've uh the only cinema i've seen was incredibles 2 ah which i've still not seen good Oh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Good. And, um, I like that that's what we say now. We don't say whether films are good because we're frightened of b- w- whether people are going to say, no, it's not good. Whereas we can, we can all say, I enjoyed it. Um, okay. <laughs> that's not what I meant, but okay. Okay. No, I, that's, um, that's I'm, I'm projecting. That's an interesting read of, of that social convention. And, mm. uh, I'm going to acknowledge it. There you go. Okay. Um, cool. I, I don't, I don't think that's what I meant. No, I, I, yeah, I was probably projecting. Yeah, yeah, you were. So I do. <laughs> no, so, um, I, well, I, I think it's, I think it's known that it's good. So there you go. Uh, there's, yeah. there's that, there's that example. <laughs> I don't, uh, um, <laughs> other voices other than me have, 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 if I don't speak for the Incredibles too, who will? Everybody else. First they came for the Incredibles and I said nothing. No, it's, um, it's, have you seen Incredibles 1? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I thought what was really really interesting about it because we had just watched Incredibles one in the run up to going to the cinema. Um, what was really really interesting about it was that I thought there would be because we've been outside of that story for like ten years, something like that. It was made before my kids were born. Yeah, so it's it's quite an old one. I think. Yeah. Was it the th- was it the fourth Pixar film like Toy Story, Bugs Life, Monsters Inc. and that? They proved that before. Oh Monsters my Inc. word! It came out in two thousand and four. Yeah, it probably came before Monsters Inc. Actually, uh, yeah, it's a good question. Before Nemo, I'm, I'm just. Uh, being... It came after Monsters Inc. Did it really? Okay. Yep. And before Finding Nemo. Yeah, uh, I was, uh, the reason why I would have put it before Monsters Inc. is because um, back when Pixar was still essentially making ninety-minute theatrical release technical presentations. Mm-hmm. Um, Monsters, the big story with Monsters Inc. was hair. Yes. The big story yes. with Nemo was water. Yes. The big story with Wally was space and physics. Um, and The Incredibles doesn't have a technological leap beyond anything that you've already seen in Toy Story. Yeah. So it's been 14 years outside of that story. So I assumed we were going to pick up down the road, but, and it's, you know, it's a spoiler for the extent of you'll find out 30 seconds into the film. The film, the second film starts in the final scene of the first film. Oh wow, nice! And it's like, wow, I've not been aware. This is incredible. Mm. 
so at the end of the at the end of the first film there's a, a new baddie springs up in the middle of town and the fi- the final scene is that them in hero poses ready to go into action mm-hmm. the second film is you see that villain appear then go into hero poses and then what they do next nice you're like, wow, this is really cool. So it starts really energetically. Yeah. You're really hitting it hard and you go kind of straight in, straight into the story. So yeah, it's, it's, fun, it's fantastic. And, um, sweet. Really recommend it. Yeah. Lovely. Oh, cool. Lovely bit of fun. Cause I, I am a bit down on Pixar generally with the, the, the sequelitis that they've got into. Mm. Um, but, um, then, then you get in the cinema and you, ah, it's great. Yeah. I, I recently watched, um, uh, I've watched a couple of films with, uh, on babysitting duty, and um, I think you really see a a difference in like not all CGI kids films no. are the same. No. Um, no, not. And boss, boss baby, mm. looking at you, are you? Boss baby, we are looking at you. Secret Life of Pets. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Go on. What else? Uh, I think uh, a couple of good notable exceptions uh-huh. are the uh, recent Lego Batman um, and the, the Lego movie before it. I yeah. think they are they are good notable exceptions. Um, but yeah, there's there's uh, there's a few of those that are. Um, I'm interested to see. Uh, there's the new uh, there's a new Wreck It Ralph uh, coming. What? Yeah, yeah. I saw that uh, when I went to see. Oh. I saw the trailer for that when I went to see uh, one of the Marvels, the, the Ant Man. When I went to see the Ant Man and the Wasp, yeah. I think then I saw a trailer for um, Wreck It Ralph two. I think that was my homework, wasn't it, to watch Ant Man and the Wasp? Oh, yeah, probs. Uh, uh, Ralph wrecks the internet. Oh, Ralph breaks the internet. Uh, coming out this year. I do. I, I did enjoy Wreck It Ralph. I, again, mm, though, I'm looking at yeah. thinking. I don't think I need a sequel, and I'll probably really enjoy it when it comes. Yeah, because as you can imagine, it's now the internet, so they get to play with a lot of internet game tropes, yeah, yeah. and they probably get to make fun of World of Warcraft and um, Farmville or whatever. Right. They can pretend that people are still playing those games. Yeah. Gal Gadot's in it. Kristen Bell's in it. Um, Alan Alan Tudyk's in it. Mm-mm. So uh, oh, yeah, well he's got to be in it because he's in all the films. And he was in the first one. Oh, oh there you go. Then. He's the, um, the baddie in the first film. Ah, uh, there you go. But but he is also he is also Disney's voice. Yeah, yeah. If it's not uh, if it's not John, um, uh, let's see if I can find him because he's probably in this one. <laughs> you fell off your shit. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's in all the Cliff. Pixar films. He's in all the Pixar films. Uh, where were we, where were we going with this? So, you, so you're talking about bad films now. Boss Baby, the kids enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I can't say I do. Mm-hmm. Not much there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Life of Pets was okay. Life of Pets, I think, is the same people who do Despicable Me. Oh, okay. Um, and, and they're generally a, a better quality than some. I never, in, I'm sure I've talked to, to you about this before, I've never been much of a fan of many of the DreamWorks films. Mm. And then I say that, and then people <laughs> remind me of the ones that I liked, like the Kung Fu Panda mm-hmm. films, and I'm like, yeah, okay, they're all right. But um, Shrek, well, Shrek ones leave me a bit cold. I see. I did. I I really liked Shrek, um, the first one especially, and you know, diminishing returns obviously after that. But um, I no, I did. I I enjoyed Shrek. Um, there was one I was going to say. Oh, I think I think one that's a cut above. And our, our mutual friend Danny uh, got me to watch this probably ten years ago was um, the Meatballs one, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh, that's quite good. 
Mm. That is quite good, yeah. And it was it was a complete sort of that's a weird one because it's Sony, and you'll you sort of think. be quiet, Sony. Like, let, let's, let's let the people who have been doing this for a while, let they, they know play. what they're doing. Yeah, let them play. You don't need to, you, you make your sort of, um, people, um, swinging on a wire films, um, yeah. and, and, and leave the animation to someone else. But they did a really good job. And, um, not that Sony actually make the films, but you know, it was, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And I don't think I've seen, I think I've been, in the same room when two's been on, but I don't think I've, I've actually, actually two's quite two's it. quite good. Yeah, two's yeah. two's fine. Um, the worst worst possible children's film is the Happy Feet films. Uh, um, but but do you do you know who made Happy Feet? Oh, uh, it's the guy who is it the uh, Mad Max guy? It certainly is the Mad Max guy. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible to think that George Miller. Um, George Miller's filmography is um, as follows. Um, I'm going to actually read it out to <clears throat> you. I might, I might skip a few, but his, his directorial filmography starts in 1979 with Mad Max. Um, then he makes Mad Max 2. Then he makes the Twilight Zone movie. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Which, which, is, of, which is of Eastwick. Okay, that He's directed all of those. That brings us up to 1987. Um, I'm going to skip a little bit. Mm. He, he does produce a number of films like Dead Calm and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point in the mid nineties, he gets involved as um, producer, I believe, a writer and producer on Babe. Yep, the pig film. Yep, and then he he obviously decides that that's not quite enough control, so he comes back big and directs Babe Two, Pig in the City. <laughs> then he takes a break from directing for eight years and then comes back with Happy Feet. Takes five years to make Happy Feet Two, and how do you follow that up? Well, with Fury, with Fury Road, Road, mate. Yeah, but you know there, there are there are other people who who are in a similar thing. So, um, your man who makes the Spy Kids films. Mm, no, I've not seen. I, I don't have kids, so I've got no reason to watch Spy Kids. Okay, you're aware of uh, the work of Robert Rodriguez, yes? Oh yeah, yeah. So so Spy Kids is basically his. Um, that, that that's. That, that's where the money is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much. So he made um, yeah. the the excellent El Mariachi. He made um, Desperado, which is kind of like a remax a re- remake of that. Um, uh, From Dust Till Dawn, which I absolutely adore. Yep. And uh, no, it's just spiky. You see, there's just there's spiky. an interesting yes. uh, thing about. Um, I, I find it's one of those where people want to talk when when they want to talk about um, Quentin Tarantino. Right, they always want to put that film in. Oh, he's got a as one of. Way his canon and this is yeah this is where i i'm i still feel unsure about the involvement that he has because there's there's the sort of um mythos around it that he directed the first half of the film and then rodriguez directed the second half of the film and it goes all vampires and i can see the logic there but i don't know if that's really how films work uh whereas i think people just like to have that idea because it makes sense in their head because it feels tarantino-y to begin with and then the film changes and becomes something else um but i don't know and i've never had it satisfactorily answered what the actual relationship is apart from the fact that we know he's in it and there's a little there's a couple of little bits that look tarantino-esque um thoughts so let's get this solved so your your so your question is is why is Tarantino mixed up in the work of um in the work of Robert in that Robert specific Rodriguez? film because I know they've worked together and they've done like the Grindhouse stuff and things like that. It's that specific film I'm I'm interested in. Oh, the El Mariachi, the the Twilight. 
It's like Twilight? Bloody hell. Why did I say Twilight? Um, the, Dawn. um, Dust Till Dawn, yeah. Okay. Um, Tarantino wrote it. There you go. Tarantino wrote it and, and starred in it and, um, his, his production company was the production company that brought all of Rodriguez's films into the States, I think. Or, or like, uh, like, um, so he championed El Mariachi mm-hmm. and then I think he, I think his production company, I'm, I'm on shaky ground now. I know yeah. he acted in and wrote in Dust Till Dawn. I mean, obviously I knew he, I knew he acted in it. Um, and, and it was one of those because, um, it's not part of the, like when, when Kill Bill came out, for example, it was called, it was promoted as the fourth film from Quentin Tarantino, which is not true. Right. If you consider this one a Tarantino film and I would because he wrote it. Um, or, well, yeah. So it's Robert Kurtzman is the story, uh, credited as the story. And then Tarantino has the screenplay credit. Tarantino's production company was also, was also the production company behind um the the early robert rodriguez things i believe do you listen to uh I, i've only started listening to this uh recently because of a recommendation but do you listen to doug loves movies nope uh they it's a <clears throat> a live film discussion well not discussion it's a live film game show basically and like a panel show and um they play uh, a knockout round at the end of most shows where you have to so you get one or two names from shouted out from the audience and you have to go round robin style um naming the uh, a film that that actor has been in okay. um, and uh, if you can't think of any more films you get a lifeline and once you've used a lifeline if you can't think of any more films then you're out and it's it's called it doesn't matter why why it's called this but it's called last man stanton um do you want to play and um oh sh- oh yeah sure uh, uh, yeah okay well the, the reason i the reason i bring it up is because one of the names was cheech marin and the, I, I always forget that he's in that he's the uh he's the guy in um in from dust till dawn ah, and there's only the other one film yeah there's only one other film apart from the cheech and chong films which i can never remember the names of i've watched a couple of them uh the only other film i can always without fail pull when it's cheech marin is uh tin cup Oh, I really liked Tin wow. and that's the only other Cheech Marin film that I can think of. But um, if we were going to play uh, with with the IMDb page now closed, right. who would you who would you want to play? Uh, who would you pick as an actor's name? So uh, do we have to pick. Who do we have to pick? Hey, why don't we go Tarantino? Since we've been talking about him, well, films that Tarantino's acted in. Yep. Okay. Do you want to go first? Uh, I'll I'll knock an easy one off from Dusk Till Dawn. Okay. Pulp Fiction. Uh, Reservoir Dogs. I mean, this is easy. You just need to go through his films. <laughs> Jackie Brown. Little Nicky. Wow. Mm. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, he's got a weird little cameo in that. Oh, wow. Um, I assume he's in The Hateful Eight, but I can't think. Yeah. Uh, Kill Bill Volume 2. Because I don't think he's in one. Do you know, I'm probably, I'm probably about, about dry on this now. Yeah, it gets, it's, it's quite surprising. Oh, oh, good shout. Um, He's got to be in England. Now I'm just guessing, and that's the point. You can't guess. You've got to, you've got to say a name or. or, uh, or Do you want to check? Uh, yeah, I'm going to check if he was in Inglorious Bastards because my my thinking would be yes. Um, so let's let's do the films of Quentin Tarantino. Thirty six credits. Right. We begin with Love Birds in Bondage, which is a short, so that doesn't count. My best friend's birthday. The Golden Girls. Wow. Uh, right, so we got uh, Reservoir Dogs, 
Eddie Presley, Coriolis, short, doesn't matter. Pulp Fiction, Sleep With Me, Somebody To Love, All-American Girl, Destiny Turns On The Radio, Desperado, Four Rooms, well done. Uh, Some Leonard Cohen thing, SNL, From Dust Till Dawn, Jackie Brown, Little Nicky, there it is. Uh, Oh, he he had a spot on Alias for a bit. Hey, I was right, Kill Bill Volume 2, not Volume 1. Some of the stuff no one's heard of, Grindhouse, Death Proof, of course. Hmm. Yep, Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, uh, and The Hateful Eight, so you were right. So we, uh, we did alright there. We did do okay, we did do okay. Do, do you know what? I'm, I'm, uh, I, I was gonna make a suggestion for some homework that was gonna go, gonna go in a filmic way, but gonna be slightly different, but I think, okay. I, Django Unchained is so long that. How long is it? <laughs> that one, one, one evening, when the kids were in bed, and Karina was out, I was like, I've been wanting to watch Jungle Unchained for a long time. Karina wasn't interested in watching it. I'm going to blooming well, get myself a takeaway and watch this film. Sounds great. And I got about halfway through it and she came home. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. So I paused the film. I was like, oh, you don't want to watch this halfway through, but it's very, very good. We should watch it sometime. But uh, I've had a nice night. I've had my curry. I've had me a couple of cans of beer and a, and a pre-mix Morgans and Coke. I'm feeling mm. quite relaxed. Mm. Um, I'll watch that tomorrow and I never got to go back to watch it. Uh, that sounds familiar. I've done that with a couple of films. And it's not because I wasn't enjoying it. It was just mm-hmm. because I didn't get the circumstances again where I would have the TV to myself. Yes. Um, so I think I should try and commit to finishing watching what well, I'll probably stop from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Django Unchained. It may not be this week, but it may not be this week. That's, but a, that's a project I'm prepared to. Indulging. So I just had to Google, um, cause I've never, I've never referred, heard it referred to in the way you, you, you called it when you said a Morgans and Coke. I was wondering what, uh, uh, what is a Morgans? What is a, oh really? Is that, is that some kind of, some kind of whiskey that I'm not aware of? And then of course when I Googled, it quickly came up that it's Captain Morgan spiced rum. Yes. Uh, which is of course a Cuba Libre as we've, um, <laughs> we've discussed before. <laughs> um, well, that would be a Bacardi. You wouldn't have spice in it. That would be a well, white, this, this a one's white saying rum spiced rum and cola. This one says spiced rum and cola, Cuba Libre, Captain Morgan spiced rum. That's a spiced rum Cuba Libre, Mark. That says it in the name. Okay. But it's, it's just, just a rum and coke, isn't it? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Cool. Well, we've solved that. Um, so, spiced rum's a, a thing now. <laughs> sure. No, no, it is. It's, it's, <laughs> it's very much in the, in the cultural milieu of the UK. Yeah. Morgan spiced rum. Um, it was it was a thing in Guernsey for years. Okay. And not in the UK. Mm-hmm. So when I came to uni, which would be like 21 years ago this week, mm. Morgan Spice and Coke would be a thing that, that, that you would have when you were out. So you'd mm-hmm. had enough beer, going to go on shorts. Yeah. Morgan's and Coke, Morgan's and Coke, Morgan's and Coke. And you would say Morgan's and Coke, even though there's a Morgan's Dark Rum as well, and people would would know you meant Morgan Spice. Right. Because you'd ask for Navy Rum if you, if you wanted the other. Came to the UK, it wasn't a thing. No. Wasn't in any, in any pubs. Bacardi tried to bring out Bacardi Spice Rum. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the pub where I was working, we had um, we had a bottle of it and a point of sale and a kind of a big fancy launch. Didn't really go anywhere. The only reason why that pub kept on having it in was because I kept on drinking the bottle. <laughs> and then they'd go to the wholesaler and get another one and put it on the optic. But I was pretty much the only person who used that pub who, who drank it. And then it all went quiet on the spice rum front for about 10 years mm. and then it came back and it came and it, and it came back big but in all those years 
it's been a fixture of the drinking culture in Guernsey, and I find that really, really strange. Well, is is it not to do with it being more? Um, You're going to say you know, more naval? I was just going to say close to the sea. <laughs> God love you, Mark Stedman. That's brilliantly um, astute and idiotic simultaneously. Why is it idiotic to have a rum drinking tradition when you're near the sea? <laughs> um, idiotic was a strong word. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just like the idea that we're, we must all be sailors. No. Drink, drinking tots of rum. But it might be that... Uh, because you're, as you've pointed out before, you're, you're never, you know, very far away from, uh, from, from the beach. And so sure. I would imagine back in the day, there was a lot of rum flying about. And so <laughs> if you're part of a culture that's been drinking rum for a long time, it just becomes a bit more of a staple than it would be sure. elsewhere. Um, that's, that's not a, that's not a, no, no, an no, outlandish it's, <laughs> supposition. No, it's, 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 it's a very astute piece of logic and it, but it also just kind of, it just, I can't, I'm struggling to articulate this and I'm, and I'm very well need to get off the call. So that's, that's kind of probably what's holding me back slightly, but, um, it, it's very astute and very logical and it's entirely misses the mark in, 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 in many, Many ways. Um, You're going to have to write which, which down you wouldn't, which you wouldn't articulate. necessarily understand. So, because you haven't got that context. Okay. Um, so very few people would make their living on the sea. Okay. But you would socialize on the beach. Yes. Um, so like living on, from the shore into the sea is one thing, but actually like making your, your work and your life be being on the ocean mm-hmm. is, is like a very minority thing. Yes. So your logic kind of breaks down there because there's a there's an there's an assumption that everybody has a galleon, and and furthermore the kind of the the type of the type of sea based work would be you go out for a few hours and you come back. It wouldn't be having rations of rum in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, which is kind of where your landlubberness has taken this idea. And I absolutely love it as a concept. I really, really do. Okay. And I didn't mean okay. to sound quite as harsh as I did. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> do you need to go now? Oh, Mark, yes. Um, do you want some homework? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think you and I have some homework as well that we, we want, we've got a guest recording we need to line up and I think that should be our main project. Yeah. So let's make time is ticking. Time might be ticking on that, but yeah, we'll, 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 uh, well, we'll, we'll hopefully next time we'll, we'll work out how to end the show. Um, yeah. Oh, what? Oh, there's an idea. Yeah. No, well, we, we were, you know, it took, it was a bit of a work in progress getting the show started, <laughs> uh, today and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get there and, and work out how we end them as well. You know, it's, it's a, it's a learning curve. <laughs> did you ever, did you ever listen to Chris Moyles? Did I ever listen to Chris Moyles? Yes, I did. One of the games that he used to play was called Viaduct, and one of the things that he used to enjoy doing, uh, and I, I was a victim of it as well, is he would, and it was surprising how easily you would get caught out by this, is he would say something like, uh, oh, Mark, and you'd say yes, and then he'd hang up. And so uh, that that seems like a good way to end. Okay. So, um, oh, just before, just before I leave you, John. Yes? Yes.